Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. You solemnly swear. To support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. That I will obey. The orders of. The President of the United States. And the orders of. Those officers. Appointed over me. According to regulations. And the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the American Vet Podcast. I'm sitting here tonight with Enrique. He is the man behind the Daily Crew Pup TikTok page. He has joined the Army back in 2015 and is still kicking ass today. He is a 15 Tango, which is a UH-60 helicopter repairman, also known as the Black Hawk helicopter. Listeners, if you haven't checked out this guy's page on TikTok yet, I advise you to go do that after you listen to this episode. And I'll leave a link to his, his uh, TikTok page in my show description. And it's very, very entertaining. Great, great sense of humor. And he does a lot of cool shit with some Blackhawks. So go ahead and check it out. And uh, Enrique, how you doing tonight, bud? Thanks. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, a little bit about yourself. You know, why, why would you, why did you join the military and why did you join the army? Um, well, I joined because I just, I was working for my dad as soon as I got out of high school and I was, I felt like I needed to do something else because it's a family home business. And I was just like, I need to do something a little bit better, a little bit bigger to get away for a little bit and hopefully come back to that. So originally was walking around looking for the air force recruiter. Um, lo and behold, they were never there. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, the army's open. I walked in there and I was like, where did I sign? They're like, are you 18? I was like, I am not. So finished high school, cap and gown, drove the recruiter's office, said, where do I sign? They, they had, here's a couple mechanical jobs. And they were like, they're listing them off. They said 15 tango, 15. And I said, give me 15 tango, whatever that is. <laughs> so did that, shipped off three months later. And it's been a great story ever since to be here. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So where where's your where's your hometown state? Um, originally born in uh, Moreno Valley, California. Okay. To, from Moreno Valley to Paris, from Paris to uh, Coachella, and joined the army from Coachella. Nice. Yeah. I'm already, you know, I was watching your TikTok page and kind of jealous. Anyways, well, this guy's having a lot more fun than I did. But now, now hearing that you're uh, you're all over the place already before you even got in was kind of it's kind of badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so the, where where'd you go to? Where did you go to boot camp? You guys got your own boot camp out there? Uh, well, we went to I went to Fort Jackson up in South Carolina. Okay. Got there October, left in February, I believe, of 2016. So I got there October 2015 and then graduated around January, February of 2016. Nice. What'd you think of boot camp? Um, it was <laughs> decent. Uh, I was a little... the uh, guy always in the background did, didn't do much to stand out because i didn't feel like getting yelled at but i was a little bit one of the heavier dudes so i always get i got yelled at for being one of the fat bodies 
Okay. But, um, I mean, it, they pushed me a little bit, lost a little bit, lost quite a bit of weight during basic. I joined the army at about 250, 260. Wow. <laughs> so I was, I was, a, I was a big boy. Yeah, I would say but so. I was able to, yeah, when I was able to pass tape getting in, so got in and lost, uh, got down to almost 200 pounds when I left basic, by the time I left basic, so. Outstanding. So when did, when did you uh, realize what a, a 15 tango was or did you actually know going into boot camp you're just uh um i I mean i researched a little bit uh three months i had before i left um but i didn't really know much about it i was able to after basically going into uh, ait um still didn't know much about it that's all (laughs) all they really taught us in ait was here's how to read a book and do a safety on a bolt so (laughs) oh man (laughs) yeah so after AIT, do you go to like, you just go straight out to the fleet and then, or do you have to go like some type of, uh, you know, um, more of an intensive training before they become, you become a crew chief on the, on the helicopter? Um, become a crew chief. Yes. But, uh, so getting out of AIT, you go straight to a Delta company, which is just the, our main maintenance company. Okay. So I was in a maintenance company for six to seven months. Or there we do all like unscheduled maintenance. So say somebody, or no, we do scheduled maintenance. So like say somebody coming up for an inspection, we do all that stuff. Um, but after six months of being in a maintenance company, uh, my unit, I was up in Fort Drum, New York. Um, we, they were, the flight company was getting ready to go to Germany and they were needing crew chiefs to come over and fly with them. So I was one of the guys that always, going out and helping the the flight, uh, flight companies okay so they're like oh this guy knows his shit he's not really um he doesn't need to be babysat so like let's pull him over so right before we left germany got pulled over to a medevac company up in fort Drum, new york and was there ever since i uh, until i left in 2018 nice. 2019 so it was so now that you go from, uh, you know, you grew up in California or whatnot, now you're in New York. What do you think of the, uh, what do you think of winter? Um, well, being <laughs> where, where I'm from up in Coachella, where it's usually 125 degrees and not negative 40-something degrees outside, it was a super big change. Like, only time seeing the snow ever going up to, like, Big Bear up in California. And then going to New York where I'm being four or five feet of snow. Yep. It was a, <laughs> it was a big change. but. Um, I mean, being able to go out, get all the clothes that I needed and had a couple buddies there like, hey, before you come here, this is what you need. I was like, cool. Showed up in board shorts and flip-flops and it was uh, 10 degrees outside. I was like, this is not fun. (laughs) Everybody's laughing off you when you get off the plane, laughing at you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm from Massachusetts and, uh, you know, that's, you know, like today. I mean, I know where you are right now. It's it's way, got to be way nicer than where I'm at, but we had like, 50, 60 mile an hour winds today. So it was like 10 degrees, negative zero. Oof. Yeah, no, Honduras zero. is a, where I'm at right now, Honduras is a lot warmer. It doesn't, they only have <laughs> a hot season or a dry season and a rainy season. So, okay. So it's kind of like Seattle, it'll rain for seven days or so. Um, it'll rain for six, seven months at a time. Okay, so, it's, so it's like Vietnam then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's horrible. I hate the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So when do you like, so where was your first like 
I know you were saying that your training went out to out to New York or anything like. That. Did you go anywhere yeah. else? Uh, so, yeah. So from uh, like I said, stationed up in New York after six months with the flight company, went to Germany on a rotation for nine months, and then came back. Um, other than after Germany come and coming back, uh, we did a rotation to JRTC, uh, so I was able to fly the helicopter from Fort Drum, New York, to Fort Polk, Louisiana. I was able to do the cross-country flight there and back. And uh, doing the cross-country flights always fun. They're just sitting in the back looking out a window for a long time, though. But yep. in the places you get to stop at, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I see a lot of your TikToks. I'm like, this guy just flies around, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So as as a uh, as a crew chief, I mean, I'm I, I'm sure it's kind of a lot like the Air Force or whatever. But are you like? Just correct me if I'm wrong, but are you controlled like in control of like the whole helicopter, like electronics, everything mechanical on that thing? Um, I will, like I said, the uh, 15 Django's like primary job is the mechanic, so I'm yep. pretty much just in the back seat, um, help to help their help the pilots like diagnose uh, maintenance problems when flight. Cause we have a little checklist that we go through in case anything pops up, but uh, real like maintenance stuff doesn't really pop up during flight, so I'm just uh a glorified uh, review mirror. If perfect, <laughs> perfect. You want to call me that? Yeah. <laughs> Sightseer. Yeah, or a flight attendant, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's, I mean, the Air Force, at least, you know, I talked to a lot of crew chiefs in the Air Force and they don't ever get to go up in the air. So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool that you're actually up in the air all the time. Yeah, we, we call those guys penguins. <laughs> okay, okay. I like <laughs> <Yep>. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just waddle around on the on the flight deck. Yep. <laughs> okay all right so have you enco- ever encountered anything up in the air any type of issues um not really like i've never like never been deployed so i've always been stateside or somewhere in not a not a com- non-combat environment okay but um we'll go out and do training with like a lot of the people that will go out and do we encounter all that stuff so okay and are you assigned to like one one helicopter or are you just assigned to like uh, like a like a base and you just get dealt a helicopter every so often um so we have uh i am assigned to a helicopter like on our logbooks do all of our maintenance and all the other um like logger flights and everything there is one of the helicopters that we have um has a certain tail number and has in the book it has my name on it okay usually some some companies will let you will let some of the crew chiefs paint their names on the side of it but some people are just like, it's such a uh, quick turnaround here because it's only a year rotation in Honduras that people are in and out. So it's, there's no point in doing it. Okay. And are you looking to try, can you extend out there or do you have to go wherever the helicopter goes? Um, no, I already, I already did extend out here. I was only supposed to be here for a year. I've been here for a year and nine months now. Perfect. Are you going to keep extending? Um, no, I just re-enlisted to go to Fort Belvoir, Virginia, actually. Oh, the love state. No. You'll have uh you'll have fun, but I don't think you're gonna have as much fun as you're having now there, I would assume. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> it, like Hon- <laughs> Honduras is definitely one of those like dream stations. Uh most tangos call it a flyboy station because if you're coming here as a tango, you have to fly. Um yeah. but it's one of those places not a lot not a lot of people know about. I I didn't know this place. I didn't know Honduras was an actual place until they sent me here. So, <laughs> so how is the culture and stuff like that out there? Um, 
uh, pre-COVID and everything, it yeah. was amazing being able to go off base, putting passes, and be gone for the whole weekend out in town. Because uh, one of the big cities, I think the capital of Honduras is Tegucigalpa. And almost every weekend I was out there partying it up, having my fun. Hell yeah. It was kind of like Okinawa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to Okinawa. I and, so. Yeah, there's, it, it's a small island off of Japan, and uh, there's nothing mm-hmm. to do but drink and swim. Yeah, I uh, got in trouble a couple times out there, but it's all worth it. I mean, keeping my hands pretty clean out here, just because. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, it's, that's a nice spot to be. You don't want to wreck that. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, so what? Uh, so if, if somebody was, if I was going to join the army, and I came up to you and I said, "Hey, I'm thinking about being a 15 tango," what would be like the pros and cons to being a 15 tango? Um, well, it depends because, like, I'm a mechanic by heart. I love turning wrenches. So, if you want to be a mechanic, um, I would say, yeah, go be a 15 Tango or any like 15 Tango is a Blackhawk mechanic, 15 Uniform is a Chinook mechanic, and then a 15 Romeo is the Apache mechanics. If you just want to turn wrenches, Romeo is the way to go because Romeos do not fly at all because it's an Apache, it's two pilots, and that's it, right? Um, but because most of the time, if you're a good mechanic, they're going to want you to come over to a flight company. But if you're a garbage mechanic, they're going to keep you in a Delta company and keep just making you turn wrenches. So it all depends because people always say like, oh, I want to be a crew chief. I was like, you don't. But the thing is, like, you don't sign up to be a crew chief. You just sign up to be a mechanic and then you get hopefully get selected to be become one of the crew chiefs. Because like I knew guys that were uh, when I got to drum up in New York, they were. They were there for four or five years, about to get out, and I've been there for six months, and they pulled me straight to a flight company. Perfect. <laughs> so, so don't yeah. don't be a so shit it's bag. Always, uh, pick of the litter. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So I'm assuming you're you're you still love it because you looks like you do in your TikTok videos. Um. Yeah. I mean, it has its moments. Being up, especially out here, being able to go to like Panama, Salvador, Colombia, Costa Rica, Guatemala. <laughs> oh, just out here! Just so you're in the center, the epicenter of like everything. I feel it's quick flight anywhere to go do anything. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. Thought Okinawa was good, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, how is it? Uh, you know, being I know you mentioned pre-COVID. So we'll talk about like COVID timeframes time. How is it now out there? Like, is it, uh, you know, you're, you're locked. I know you mentioned before we started recording that you're pretty much locked to the barracks, but is their culture actually locked to their house locked down too as well or no? Um, I think after, uh, a couple months ago, they started like letting up on the rules. And I think all they have now is like a nine o'clock curfew. You have to wear a mask if you're outside, not eating or drinking or anything like that. But, um, since COVID first hit, we were actually in Colombia when it hit, and Colombia said, you have 72 hours to get out of our country and back to Honduras. So we <laughs> we had like 11 helicopters there were like, pack everything up and <laughs> get back to Honduras. So we got back here, and bases in lo- been locked down ever since. We have been, every, like, maybe like four or five months ago, we started letting the civilians back on base to, like, come open up the shops and stuff like that. Right. Because for 
about eight or nine months. It was just DFAC, which is like a dining facility. And I think that was it. We even had a, a little PX, our little store on base. Wasn't even open for a while. Wow. So it was just cafeteria and work. That was it. Couldn't get food from off base. All the little restaurants were closed. Pool was closed. Our gym was closed. Yeah, so yeah. They're slowly. Yeah, it was it was rough for a little bit. We had to do with what we make do with what we got, but been over a year for COVID now. So yeah, I think we just hit our uh, our one year mark of our two week lockdown. So that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how hard? Yeah, but other than like, go ahead. But other than like all the little lockdowns, um, they started letting up a lot more because we started going on missions. Like I said, we from Panama. I just got back from Panama maybe a month a month or two ago. I got from back from Guatemala Sunday last week. And yeah, we got guys in El Salvador. We're just everywhere right now because they're starting to like, okay, loosen up the rules because we need to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Need to get everybody back yep. together because we don't know what's going to happen next now, you know? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So how, you know, how is it over there just uh, not being able to go on leave and come home? I mean, I don't know if you if you're one of the guys that just never really went came home on leave or, but you know, how is it being out there and knowing everything is going on back here with the COVID and trying to deal with that with your, with the, the family? Um, it's rough. Uh, like just being, I'm, I think from when I was up in New York to here, I'm still about the same distance from home. So that's normal, but just being away and the time difference and stuff from everyone in California, it's rough to just see like what's going on, be kind of disconnected from it. Cause the, uh, during watching news out here so but that's good i was able to go home on leave because i only go my thing is i only go home for christmas and new year's because the only time we uh that's the only real time i would get to spend time with all my family because we go off-roading up in the desert of uh, glamis that we just go out in the desert for a whole week that's right. really the only time i was able to go home and they actually let us home for two weeks and then came back and had a quarantine for two weeks wow Okay, yeah, that's why I was kind of asking because I mean I served with a bunch of guys that are like, yeah, I'm gonna take vacation, or I'm gonna take leave or whatever, and um, they just you know they were still in the barracks every night. I'm like, aren't you on leave? They're like, yeah, I just don't want to go to the motor pool. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I'd go home or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Those guys a uh, different breed out there like that, and and I'm sure they're yeah, everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I can't stay in my room for too long. I mean, I have little things to keep me busy, but yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to, like, I know you're saying you have, like the PX is shut down and everything else like that, but did you guys have any type of warning that everything was going to get shut down so where you can kind of stock up on, like, you know, I want to say, like, you know, matchbox cars or something like that, so where you can, like, you know, the ones that the models that you have to put together, did you know, you know, were you able to have time to, you know, stock up on shit to keep you occupied? Uh, no, not at all. Cause like I said, we were in Colombia when it happened. So yep. by the time we got back, everything was shut down. Like there was nobody on base except for the people, the, all the, the, the soldiers and stuff. So yeah, we got back and we had from our whole company, we had three people here. One of our warrant officers, uh, an LT and a specialist that was our active first sergeant. <laughs> Cause all everyone right. was in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, hey, if you guys can, like, just get a whole, like, we'll Venmo you a whole bunch of money. Just get as much stuff as we can, as you can for us. 
and the PX was restricting like how much stuff you could get. They're like, all these guys are getting back from a foreign country and they need stuff for their room. They've been gone for three, four weeks. Oh man. Well, I'm glad to hear yeah, that. We it's, got it's, back. There was nothing. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that's kind of getting over with, and you're you're on the right track to opening things back up and and uh, yeah, keeping yourself sane. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had bought a couple little toys. I got a couple giant RC cars to keep me sane. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, my barracks rooms are were pretty pretty small. I think they were probably like six by six or something like that. So I would definitely, I would go nuts too. Yeah. Really bad. I mean, this year for COVID, I got furloughed too as well, but right after I got mm-hmm. furloughed, I, I broke my wrist on a dirt bike. So I was pretty mm-hmm. handicapped most of the summer anyway. So <laughs> I think that keep me from really losing my marbles. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's tough. It's, it's, trying to imagine that like what i would do out there like that but uh yeah good on you for not uh running out there and just taking a helicopter and just going home <laughs> pretty far flight and we can only fly for like four hours but i get as far as i can <laughs> yeah exactly i'm thinking i'm thinking if you're in the air you, you'll get it because you can refuel in the air too like an airplane or i mean i'm obviously i'm not into a whole lot of aviation i like to watch top gun movies and stuff like that but can a helicopter refuel um, in the air um, they have the modifications for it. We do not. We just like the only mod, mod that we had for extra fuel is uh, external fuel tanks, which can hold an extra twelve hundred pounds of gas. Okay, so even if you did take a helicopter hostage, you wouldn't get that far. Yeah, I'd get four hours that way, which is I think on four hours I can get set for how far is it? I don't know, a couple hundred miles. Yeah, yeah, not not enough. Either yeah. way. No. <laughs> All right. Have you, so I know you, you, you said you sit in the back or anything like that, but do you get to actually ever hold the controls and actually fly a helicopter or? Um, actually fly it. No, I've held controls during like maintenance runs where we had the maintenance test pilot sitting next to me and he's like, all right, we're going to pull this and fly, pull up on the collective a little bit. All right, cool. Doing that. Yep. But, um, while I was in Germany, actually, I was, I wasn't really flying while I was in Germany. So I was a bus driver. <laughs> okay. so i drew drove drove the pilots to a flight simulator like once every couple of weeks so when they didn't have a pilot to go sit next to the other pilot you need two pilots to fly a blackhawk right um they would throw me in there so i got like i got like 30 or 40 hours in a sim just messing around doing barrels and shit Cool, <laughs> gotta be cool though <laughs> oh yeah at least a little a little bit of fun right mm-hmm. you gotta have a little bit of fun so what does uh well what does wow look at that what does a uh uh a crew chief a fifteen tango crew chief do with a um a pilot that they do not get along with? Um, I haven't really experienced that much because the usually pilots we have, yeah. we're especially here, we're so close to each other and, and we hang out with each other all the time, we we'll go out drinking with each other, we we'll party with each other. So we keep a pretty um, non-hostile cockpit. And usually, if anything were to pop up, be like, hey, I don't trust this pilot or I really don't feel like flying with him today. Or if any, you get like, we we call it the the three-strike rule, like something happened with an aircraft or something. Any any three things are like, that went semi-wrong. We're like, no, that's three strikes. I'm not flying. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
yeah but usually if we have something against the pilot we'll go up and talk to him like hey this is where you're like after every fight we'll talk we'll have a just a quick talk with the crew so usually if they're doing something that they shouldn't we'll have a talk all us crew chiefs talk to each other to be like yeah he does do that a lot we'll just get it squashed and yeah yeah I like it so you can actually just talk man to man about it and everything else. Because I mean, at the end of the day, he's flying the thing that's keeping you, you know, from hitting the mountains, and you're you're making sure that it has the power to keep you above the mountains. So, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah, we're good with our pilots. Though we're usually on like first name basis with most of them, like in the aircraft, especially just because we're trying to be cool and calm and collective. Right, and you're talking through the radio system, and you don't want to be saying, you know, hey, Sergeant, this. You're just going to go, hey, Bill. Yeah, just real quick instead of yep. and making it longer than it needs to be. Absolutely. So, uh, so before the army, have you ever been in a helicopter or anything like that? Uh, no, uh, I've seen them in the sky all the time. But um, yep. I've always been just a, a regular like diesel Me. anything. Well, really, just anything with an engine mechanic. I helped my dad with all this stuff. Perfect. So, what you think the first time yeah. you got into uh, a Black Hawk? Um. A lot of fucking wires. <laughs> but um first getting into Blackhawk, like first thing when I went to the schoolhouse, um and seeing them all torn apart is and actually pulling parts of, off of them, it's super simple actually. Like besides the little drive shaft that would come off the engine, the engine held in with like three bolts. You just pull the whole thing out. A whole bunch of little stuff that you gotta probably take off, but three bolts are the main like motor mounts. Okay. You would think that there's more to that, but, uh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm just trying to get an idea of like, um, just, I know those seats, they, I've never been in a black Hawk. So, but I know those, those seats do not look comfortable at all either. No, just a thin piece of fabric connected between a square. Um, well, since we're in the ones we have here, we have the, the Lima models. So they're just a really, really old helicopters. I think the oldest one we have that we just got is in '89, uh, so a pretty pretty decently old helicopter. But the new, well, like the company it came from in Drum had brand new Mike model um, uh, HH60, so they're all kitted out for actual medevac. So they had a little bit more cushion in the seats and a little bit more rotation and stuff like that. But still, it's just a flat seat with a piece of metal on the bottom. <laughs> okay. So I gotta ask you. I'm I'm trying to. Rem- I uh, should have wrote this down, but I'm trying to remember the the song. But have you ever really just fucked with people out there and just flying around, blaring that uh, that song from was it Apocalypse Now? When uh, they were coming in. I, can't I think don't of think so, but I I do play the song. Cause the last the first time I ever went to Panama, we were watching Predator where they were flying in like Hueys. Yeah, they're playing a Long Tail <laughs> Sally. So ever since then, like. I uh, have one of my pilots, her her first name is uh, Sally, Sally Thomas. So we go out, go out there and before, before every fight, it's like uh, some pilots, I have like a certain song I play before we go fight. Her song is Long Tail Sally. I go out and play it, <laughs> blare it on my giant speaker. Nice. <laughs> yep. Get the motivation going. Oh, yeah. Nice. Excuse me. All right. So what, uh, so. I don't like TikTok because it doesn't show like when you started being a TikTok, but what's the inspiration on the, on the TikTok page? It's just for, just start off like kind of let's see what happens or. Um, so mine was just 
um, I started it like beginning of COVID. Like as soon as it started, I was flying back from Colombia. I was like, here's a video. We had, we were stopped in Costa Rica. We had like all the helicopters parked and they're all like taking off as we're getting fuel. And I was like, this is a cool ass video. So I took a video. I used to always just watch TikToks and I heard, heard a sound. And I was like, I'm going to use that for this TikTok. And I made the video. Yep. And I got like 12,000 views. I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. And then like, uh, well, pre-COVID, I started going through a divorce, which was fucking shitty. So I was like, this is like a good little thing to get my mind away from stuff. So yep. started making TikToks, coming up with ideas and just like got my mind away from the divorce. And I was like, let me just have some fun with my job and just get close to the guys I work with. And just have some actual fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. I, I look at it and I'm like, man, this guy's got over 490,000 followers, 6 million likes. Like This guy's, uh, you know, I'm like scrolling through all your videos. I was like, man, <laughs> you're having, you're yeah, having fun yeah. wherever you're at. <laughs> yeah. And the one that blew up the most, it was like an accident because I, I usually throw GoPros on the helicopter because we go through some cool places. I'm like, I want to get a video of this. Yep. And we were doing a run up and we, my, me and my one, of, one of my buddies were just sitting like waiting for the pilots to do their thing. Because we had flown to a different airport because we had a helicopter breakdown, so we had to do the maintenance and fly it back. So we're standing there doing our thing. And I'm like, I remember a TikTok and I did the little dance with like touch both of your shoulders and hand up. I was like, oh, it's super simple. Well, like, simple mind. I can remember that do that. Yep. <laughs> so on the GoPro, I got the footage and then linked it to the song, but I didn't know what the, the hell I was doing with TikTok. So the sound's all off, it's all <laughs> whatever. But like overnight, it got like 3 million views. I'm like, what the, what was this? What the hell and happened? Over the, yeah, over the course of maybe five months, I went from maybe having like 2,000 followers and I had 400,000 followers. I'm like, this is like, I was getting like two or 3,000 followers a day. Like, this is weird. What I'm doing. I'm like, I've never been big with social media. <laughs> I'm just like, I hate, I don't really like phone because it's just, I don't know. I just never really got into like the text kind of stuff. So, yeah, the young schoolgirl stuff. Yeah, even yeah. though I'm one of the young kids I work with, so it's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Looking like you're, uh, it's funny now. It turned kind of almost a little bit of a, a lot of your videos are comical too, so it's kind of funny to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and the guys I work with all make fun of me for it. Like, dude, that, that shit's fucking weird. I'm like, I'm bored. I'm having fun. Like, hell yeah. Give me shit all you want, but. Uh, we, you guys get drunk and talk about TikTok all the time. So y'all can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny too because everybody, uh, you know, everybody does make fun of it. But then as soon as you say something like "Oh no, oh no, no, no," everybody's like, "Oh, what the yeah. fuck?" It's like, ah, see, you know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like they'll get the, the the funniest thing is like my one of my buddies that, that left already. He would go out and get drunk. He's like, "This dude get drunk as shit." Like this dude's TikTok famous. I'm like, God damn it! I'm not gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'm gonna have to sign autographs and shit. <laughs> yeah like one i try to keep that like on the low here but like he'll say that and someone's like oh what's your tiktok i'll go follow you and they'll, they'll pull it up like oh it's this this daily croup up they'll look it up like oh i already follow you <laughs> 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 so i have my my colonel uh my colonel my uh sergeant major following me on tiktok that's always fun yeah that's gotta make it nervousing make it nervous for you to what to actually post and what not to post <laughs> oh yeah I, I mean i know my boundaries just because Yep. Technically, I'm not really supposed to be posting stuff with the helicopter, especially my painted face mask. Super big no-no, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not hurting no one. No, really. people, people like it, like especially we were doing some hurricane relief not too long ago. 
and I have my little baby Yoda and I have that little smile on my face. So picking up people that were just like freaked out. They were like the little kids saw the baby Yoda and put a little smile on their face. I'm like, this is why I do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got the um, humanitarian service medal, medal too, didn't you? Yeah. I just got that. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. Thank you. That was for, I said we had Hurricane Etta or yeah, Etta and Iota hit within a week and a half of each other. Like two Cat 5 hurricanes hit back to back, which is like the first time ever in history that that happened. And it, uh, where I went out to in uh, San Pedro Sula, it hit them pretty hard. Like we ended up moving with just one heli- one of our helicopters in four or five days. We ended up moving almost like 50,000 pounds of food, almost 50,000 pounds of food and saved like 200 and some people off the side of a mountain. Wow. So So, that's just like, that's one of the moments in my army career. That's like, I'm never going to forget that. So. Yeah. So we'll, you know, walk me through that. What was, uh, that had been a hell of an experience going down there. Yeah, it was. So, so the first hurricane hit and we got all spooled up to go like, Oh, we're going to do that. Like we started getting, um, maintenance packages worked up because we had two helicopter or one helicopter going to like, well, actually, during that time, we had a helicopter downed in Panama. So we had two helicopters out or three helicopters out there. We had two end up going out to Guatemala, two to El Salvador, and uh, one, which was the one I was on to uh, San Pedro Sula. But that was after the, the second hurricane hit because, like, the first hurricane hit and we got all spooled up. They're like, no, like, you guys don't need to go. Like, first, we have to go send out, they called it the gold package. So, or platinum package, whatever it was. They're like, fly us out there. We're gonna like set up camp here. And we're gonna get you guys all ready for like like <laughs> us being uh, 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 us as a flight company. We're like, no, we don't like we don't need you guys on the ground. We have people here to do all this stuff. And we dropped them off and got called back to go pick them back up because they never got authorization from the from Honduras to go out to where we dropped them off at. So we had to pick them back up. Like, yeah, we moved you guys for nothing. So I ended up wasting a whole bunch of time and resources. So we got back and they're like, okay, their their government's taking care of the first one. We're good. And then the second one hit, they're like, yeah, fuck that package. We're going out there. We're going out to do what we can. So between like five or six days, we four or five days of flying and five or six days of being out there. We did all that off of one helicopter. Wow. That's uh that that's I'm not, I don't do anything with helicopters or anything else, but I can, I can, that's not an easy, easy task what you did. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, it was still raining every day. The weather was still shit and yeah. they would give us grids and we're like, yeah, there's a soccer field here. We're like, we'd go out there and be like, yeah, there's a lake here now. Like it's flowing through where we were supposed to drop food and supplies off. And it was, it was one of those things where like doing it, like the, at the end of it, I was like, flying back over some of the flood stuff that was getting like the waters were receding and everything was getting a little bit better. And I was just like, like we, I, I felt like I helped make a difference, but yeah, absolutely. It was just I something. That, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, absolutely. I mean, all the people that you guys uh, helped out and everything else, you definitely made a difference. All right. So now, now I know you. You know you said you're going to Virginia, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you know if you weren't where you are now, 
you'd probably be looking forward to Virginia, but um, what do you think you're going to miss the most out there besides like the weather and stuff like that? Um, I think just how close I get, I got to all the pilots and stuff here. Cause like I said, especially being stuck on base yep. and we're on a one mile by one mile box and just being able to go out, just hang out with the pilots, not be like, Oh, fraternization and stuff like that. It's just like, no, we're a crew. We're a small family here. And like, we uh, take care of each other and help each other from going, keep each other from going crazy. We're stuck in this box. Yeah. Anything you're nervous about for, you know, actually coming to a new unit or anything like that? Um, I mean, not really. Like I'm supposed to go to BLC soon to try to make five, but they put out a new thing that said, if you don't make points, when you go to BLC that you have to get pinned corporal, which is just like the, the weird rank in the army that no one yep. wants to be. So, <laughs> so I mean, going to a new company as a corporal, that's going to be weird, but most of like I have one of my buddies, a couple of my buddies actually got two of my pilots up there right now. And then one of the pilots that I have here is going up there and my buddies that's up there right now. He's, he, he hates my TikTok cause he's, he's like, a shit's dumb. But, um, he <laughs> texted me the other day saying like, yeah, people are up here is like asking me if I know the TikTok dude that's coming from Honduras to up here. I'm like, dude, you can't get away from my TikTok. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're flooding so, it. They're flooding it. Yeah. Is there a way but, to uh, not, go ahead? I don't. I don't really think I'm scared about anything. It's just going to a new unit, and just trying to like find my place. But crew chiefs are good with giving each other the new guys shit, just so they fill them out and they fit in. Okay. Now. Now that you're going to Virginia with uh, with one of the pilots there, can you opt in, or is there a way for you to kind of like you know you everybody hears that 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 phrase that goes around in the military, the buddy program? Is there you mm -hmm. know is there something like that you can do with them, like say, hey, you know, he was my pilot out here, I want to go with him, whatever he's flying, I want to work with, or do you just get something else? Um, you can, but um, I already got like one of my buddies is in a the a company out there, so I just hit him up because one of the the one of old pilots that was here is now a company commander that's out there so i just hit up my buddy i was like hey tell him i'm coming out there and just like have him pull me over to his company He's like all right cool got it so but um i think it usually like it gets on your orders and that's where you're going but yeah. with the crew chiefs going out to virginia they sent you to a delta company for maintenance but all the maintenance done out there is by civilians i think a big majority of it is so they just send you there so you have orders to go to that certain to to go to the that certain place and then they'll like okay we need guys here or like where do you want to go like okay cool okay all right so anything you're looking forward to for going back to the states um being able to have my own house because <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. Belvoir doesn't have uh does i think their barracks are under construction so i get single e5 bah out there so i gotta go have a house and i gotta have i think the biggest thing is being able to have my Jeep back. Oh my God. Yes. I did not think I was going <laughs> to, I didn't, I did not think I was going to miss driving so much, like being gone for two years and only driving a car a handful of times. It's like going home is like, I get drive my own car. When I get bored, I get to drive to the store, just drive around the block. Like it's, it's, it's a little thing, but it's like being gone for so long. It's like, I miss my baby. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. It's like getting your license for the first time again. Especially if you have a Jeep, so now you can go play in the mud, and Virginia's got a lot of it out there. Oh, God, yes. I got that. I got 
I got a quad. Nice. I got a sand rope being built. Nice. Yeah, no, I got up. We got we still got snow where I'm at right now, so I'm waiting for it to. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law went out last Friday night. The night I got you know military grade wasted, and uh, he got stuck because it's still two feet of snow, and I'm like. You know, riding, I got a rancher, and I'm like, you know, it's fun, but uh, I didn't really feel like beating the shit out of it, beating the shit out of myself to go, you know, three miles. Yeah. Even though it's four-wheel drive, it's still, where I, where I am, there's a lot of rocks and stuff like that, so there's quite a, yeah. there's areas where you can hit up, you know, high fourth gear, but most of the time <clears throat> you're you're running third gear because of the rocks, but. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I think you're going to be happy about that. I'm glad that you're coming back to the States to, to enjoy that. Hopefully, when you get yeah. down to Virginia, we will be. I know you said you don't get to watch the news, but we're doing pretty well in this COVID thing. That looks like it's going to be done pretty soon. So, I hope so because I'm driving cross country from LA to Virginia. Yeah, so be, that'll be that'll <laughs> be a fun trip. Yeah. Now, are you are you able to get like vaccinated out there or anything like that, or probably not? Huh. Um, yeah, they're they're actually working on it right now. I mean, Honduras, I think they just got the vaccine, but they're just trying to get enough for almost everyone on base to get it. And since air crews uh, actually go out on mission and interact with the local populace a lot, they're trying to give it to us first. But they want to make sure that we can get it, and then everyone else can get it. But I think the shot, the the vaccine that we're getting is the two part one. You have okay. to get it like thirty or twenty eight days apart, whatever it is. Yep. So. But they're trying to get wait till like the one parter comes out. So because if they give us the thirty day one, then we have to be. I think they said we have to be quarantined for those thirty days until we get the next one. And if they do that, then our whole mission for this base will be shut down because it's all re- right. revolves around the aviation aspect of the space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want to give you the first shot and have you go out there and get the COVID, and then really because you're wasting the government's money at that point. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean the second the the new shot that's coming out, I think uh, you know what they're saying here. I don't know how true it is, but what they're saying here on my news channel, at least, is it's only like sixty five percent accurate. So, I mean, you're still going to be taking a huge risk on you know vaccinating a bunch of military personnel with something that's not as good as something else. But you know, it goes out yeah. to the lowest bidder, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. uh... No, I want to just say, I want to say, Enrique, hey, uh, you know, thanks thanks for, for coming on and, and, and talking about what it is to be a uh, a 15 Tango, a Blackhawk uh, helicopter uh, crew member. And I am quite jealous of the weather that you have been hanging out in. I mean, you're going to Virginia, so it's going to get cold. And as soon as they get a half inch of snow, though, they shut everything down. So you'll be all That'll set be there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it will get cold. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to say I'm happy for that because I'm jealous because you haven't been dealing with it, but <laughs> yeah, for the last two years, but I, I got my, I got my winter clothes. There you go. You're ready. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for, for, for jumping on here and being my guest and, and, uh, talking about your experiences and stuff like that and, and your TikTok page and how it's kind of blown up before you realize it was anything. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, and keep going with the, the videos. I enjoy them. And uh, and just get back to Virginia and, you know, hit me up anytime you want or whatever. We'll bullshit. You know, I'm always, I'm always around. I got nothing going on. So. <laughs> All right.
All right, thank you again, and uh, listeners, stay tuned for the for the outro. All right, thank you. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.